to be asked, oh, well, no, no, like what, what, what kind of Christian? It's like, oh, geez. Oh, geez, no, I, I, just, I just love Jesus. Like, can't we just rest it at that? But no, that's usually not good enough because we want to know what separation you fall into. But Jesus clearly stated and clearly begged for the unity amongst all of his believers. So this is supposed to be a practical podcast. This is supposed to be something that you can use every day of your life to help you reach people more effectively. So why is the unity amongst all believers? And I think he was praying for more than that, but we'll get there. Why is Jesus praying for the unity of all believers beneficial, practical to the mission of the church? to reaching the lost students that uh, seem unreachable, to reaching lost people that seem unreachable. Why is it important? Well, I shared this uh, with my youth uh, a few weeks ago, and I think it's a vivid picture of what could happen if it goes wrong. And I've, I've seen it unfold in my life a few times. Um, I was active in the field uh, during uh, high school. I really tried to reach people, as we shared earlier, but there were obstacles. There are definite obstacles that can be overcome with dependence on Jesus, and this is one of them. There is, I bet this happens, I bet it's happening right now in high school. There is a student that goes up to another student that's going through a hard time, and they say, come on, come to church with me, and the student says yes. And then you have another student that goes to that same youth church, or another student that is Christian, and that student walks up to the student that just invited the other student, and they just get into it. They just tear each other apart for whatever reason. The, the reasoning's not really the important issue here. The important issue is the student that just was asked to go to youth and he just accepted that invitation witnesses all of this happening. And he says, oh, yeah, no, nope. I see too much conflict at home. I see too much conflict where I get into trouble. I see fights all the time. My life is just one big fight. And it looks like when you're there, because you just fought in front of me right now, it's just going to be one big fight also. So no, no thank you. No, no thanks. Forget it. I, I'm, I'm not going. And if it's not external, if he doesn't actually share that he's not going, it could be an internal thing where he's like, nope. Or if he does go and he did witness this fight, he could be guarded and it won't feel like a safe place and he won't enjoy or he or she won't enjoy any of the time spent in this awesome place that they were just invited to. It ruins the whole thing to see people bickering in front of another when 
his friend, the, the friend of the person who invited the other person that came up and they got into a fight. Uh, they could have came together and he could have just gave, gave him like a stationary greeting. Uh, hello, how are you doing? And, or something like that. You know, how we talk to people or how we should talk to people. Kind of sounds silly, but um, understood what's up. What's up, man? I haven't seen you all weekend. Or how are you doing? It's the first time I met you today. You know, it's just if we greet, if he was greeted like a normal human being and wasn't start off with the conflict or the guy just kind of forgave the conflict for friendship's sake, whatever it was. Um, oh, no, it might have been as big as a high school girlfriend or something. But if he could have moved past the conflict and said, hi, how are you doing? Good morning. And he would have been like, oh, yeah, hey, what's up? And this kid might have shared, oh, I just invited this guy to youth. It's pretty awesome. And they're out of earshot. And maybe this friend knows that friend also and goes up and says, oh, yeah, this is an awesome place. I can't wait to see you there. Just re reinforces it. Or maybe he leaves it alone but doesn't have, like, a big confrontation in the middle of school and in front of this guy or girl, whoever we are inviting. It goes a long way, and it does make a difference. And if there's one thing that people don't like, no matter how old they are, is conflict. I know sometimes we go to, like, sports arenas, and we go to, like, boxing matches, and we just like to see big people beat up on other big people. But we don't like to see people that we know fight. We don't like to see people that we know tear into each other. It's not something as humans that we enjoy, and it's not something as, hu as, as a Godhead that the Godhead enjoys, and it's not something that the Godhead demonstrates. They demonstrate perfect unity, perfect... Like, there's no fight in heaven right now where Jesus is slamming the door on God or the Holy Spirit is like, hey, you know, I feel underappreciated in the Trinity right now. Uh, this isn't really cool how you're treating me. No, there's so much seamlessness there that sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between who is actually working because they work in perfect unity. Sometimes it's hard to say, oh, yep, that was the Holy Spirit. Oh, yep, nope, that was definitely God. Oh, yep, that was definitely Jesus. Why are they hard to identify? Because of the perfect syncrasy that they work in. And that's what Jesus was begging the Father for amongst his church. But the responsibility for that to happen does fall on us. Jesus' prayer can and should be answered but that's something that we have to walk boldly in, and it takes humility. It takes losing our self-identity again. It, it, it all ties together. It takes empathy for other people. It takes everything. It takes morality because you don't see the world clearly when you're sinning. You don't uh, see the world clearly when you're bickering with another or when you're holding yourself up in regard or when you're forgetting about empathy and forgetting about the hurts of your neighbor. 
It takes everything that we've talked about in the previous episodes. And it's hard. It's hard to put down the sword. And it's hard to put down the shield. And what I mean by, like, the sword's obvious. It's obvious an attacker, you know, somebody who just wants to put others down. The shield is somebody who is, like, they think the world is out to get them. They don't see anybody as good. They don't see anybody as caring or compassionate. They view everybody as, and they kind of take everything as offensive. And they're like, wow, you really hurt me. And it could have been just with like a greeting. And those people are really hard to live in unity with. And I think we've all fallen in that category before for whatever reason. It's a guarded position, and you're always on the defensive, so you always view that other people are on the offensive. So put your swords down, put your shields down, and just uh, with your free arms, go hug somebody. If you're not into hugs, I understand it. There are a lot of people that are into hugs. You probably shouldn't be going out hugging everybody. Um, Just love somebody and let yourself be loved by others and kill the conflict. If you can be the peacemaker, be the peacemaker. If it's a situation where it's an abusive thing or it's a legal thing and it's just like a really dark scenario and you can't be the peacemaker, well, be the prayer warrior. So be the prayer warrior and or be the peacemaker. Put down your sword, put down your shield, and be the peacemaker or be the prayer warrior. Either way, put down the conflict. Thank you so much. This was Student-Led Mission, Episode 4. I am uh, Andrew Connolly, and this is the Student-Led Mission. we got a few seconds here. So, yeah, you can just listen to me ramble on until the outro. But put down the sword, put down the shield, become that great and mighty prayer warrior. But until next time, I am Andrew Connolly. This was the student-led mission.